Robert Fonts wrote a poem called The Road Not Taken, which says, Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both, and be one traveler long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth, then took the other as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear. Though as for the passing there, had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay, in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. There are a lot of choices in life. Every day, we make decisions that impact our futures, even ever so small. And just sit and think for a moment about all the choices that you made today until this point. You decided when you were gonna get out of bed, if, if at all, what you would eat for breakfast. Maybe it was to decide whether you would have coffee or juice. You might have debated whether you would watch TV, maybe you would read a book or, or take a walk. Do I get a shower? Uh, what do I wear? And all this prior to noon. See, life is full of choices. And these may seem mundane and trivial, but we have no idea what these might mean if we had made the other decision. Why? Because we can't go back and change the path we took. We can't undo the decisions we've already made. Now, probably five years ago, Pam, my wife, and I, we decided to spend a weekend in Red River Gorge in Kentucky, and we wanted to hike up to Natural Bridge. Now, Kentucky's my home state, and the thought of spending time in a place where I'd visit on numerous occasions sounded like a wonderful idea. You see, Pam had never seen this area before, so it was all the more exciting for us to stay in this remote cabin and just enjoy the nature around us. Now, the first full day after arriving, we decided we would hike up to Natural Bridge. Now, if you've ever been there, you know there is a standard path that most people take, and it, it takes about 45 minutes to an hour to get to the top. But we decided we wanted to be adventurous, and we wanted to take a different path to the top. So we researched the different ways and found one called Sand Gap Trail. Now, this trail started as an easy path called Hood's Branch and then switched over about three miles in to a longer route. See, unlike the normal trail, which was less than a mile from the top, this trail was nine and a half miles. And they estimated that it would take about four to six hours to get to the top. Now listen, guys, I'm not gonna stand here and tell you that I'm some amazing outdoorsman. I'm really not. However, I figured if we're gonna be out here all for this weekend, why not just spend the whole day hiking? So we got up early, like 7 a.m., made our way out to the parking lot, Listen, there were zero cars there, okay? And we made our way into this cool, brisk morning air. 
Here's a picture of Pam at the very beginning of the trail. I mean, look how happy and content she looks. Now you'll notice she's posing next to the warning sign for black bears in the area. Honestly, this could have been one of those pictures that's like, this is the last known photo of this person. But luckily, we both made it out alive. So off we went into the woods. So here's a picture of me about 45 minutes into the hike. Now at this point, we're both still excited and fresh and we're enjoying our time together. As the time moved forward and we were about three or so hours into the hike, honestly, you begin to question your motivation. I mean, questions start popping into your head like, are we still on the path? Or why did I decide to do this? But the reality is that even though we got tired at times, and yes, it took all day to finally get to the top, and once we did, we had to ride the ski lift back down, which I absolutely hate and almost wet myself, we had an amazing experience. We were completely isolated from any other people for hours. We spent time talking and laughing, taking in the beauty of God's creation and not caring that the world around us was even happening. While the path seemed like a long day and one that, that could have been tiring, we trusted that God would put before us an adventure we would never forget. And here's the truth, he did just that. See, I look back at that trip as one of my favorite memories of my marriage. This is how God works. He asks us to follow his path and he asks us to trust that he knows the way. That's today's big idea. The path requires me to trust. Now trust is a difficult concept and one that we, we wanna talk about today. I mean, how many of you today can say that you got no trust issues? Somewhere, we have all been hurt or had our trust broken, and as a result, we struggle with really ever letting someone into our lives in a certain way. I mean, maybe it was a dating relationship where your boyfriend or your girlfriend, they cheated on you. And as a result, you struggle to trust the other people that you date. Maybe it was an abusive relationship where you now struggle to connect with anyone in a positive way. You could have been burned by a friend who lied, and now you don't know how to trust anyone other than yourself. I mean, so many of us have our trust broken by an authority figure, a parent, a teacher, a church leader, maybe a politician, and we look at other people in these same positions as having the same bad habits or qualities. You see, distrust, it's an epidemic in our culture. We use phrases like fake news. Our opinions and culture we surround ourselves cause us to immediately discredit and disagree with any idea or thought that goes against what we think we know. We're just not trusting. And the truth is that God calls us to do the opposite. One of the oldest, most ancient paths God lays out for us is the path of trust. God calls us to trust Him without oftentimes knowing the reason why. Now in the Bible, in the very first book, Genesis, we see a story of someone who was asked to put his trust in God. Listen, he's not the first person that God asked to move in trust, but he is someone who has come to be known for the trust he placed in God. This man was Abraham. 
Now in Genesis 12, we see Abraham, or at this point, he's still called Abram. And God is calling him to move. Here's what we read. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and, I, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So here is Abram living in a place called Haran. Now this is where we know currently is modern day Syria. So Abram had been living in this place for a number of years and all of his ancestors and family were living there. And from everything we gather in this verse that precedes the passage in chapter 11, 11, Abram and his family have settled there. And they've maybe lived there for a number of years. Now God says, you know, go out from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. When Abram makes this decision, God says he's going to bless him and make his name great. This is how God works when he calls us to obedience and trust. God doesn't ask you to trust him for no reward. He's not some guy out here saying, just do what I say because I know better. No, God looks at each of us just like he did Abram and he says, if you place your trust in me, then you will be blessed. You will have full life. You'll be honored and respected and be given a place at my table. See, God even takes it a step further. He says, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I don't think Abram even understood what that meant. I mean, how could he? You see, through Abram's trust, God created the Israelite people who would be his chosen people. And from this lineage came God's only son, Jesus. And from Jesus, we all receive salvation. And how does that all start? with Abram's decision to trust in God. But here's the truth, it's not always easy to trust in God. For many of us, it's because God seems so distant and removed from our world. Sometimes it's a matter of us asking God for something in the past and He doesn't seem to answer. So what happens when we trust? Does it mean we have to give up the worldly things we love? Does it mean we're going to live this boring life? No, it means that there is fuller life than we could have imagined on our own. See, if we choose not to trust, then we are putting our faith in the world and the people around us. And what we have seen is that people will always let us down in some way. When we trust in God, He may not answer in the way we expect, but He will always work toward our benefit. This is what Abram chose to do. And the crazy thing to me is that Abram was not a young man when he did this. As you can see at the end of this verse, it says Abram was already 75 years old. Can you imagine you've lived your life, you're growing older, and then God comes and says, hey, move across the country and go where I tell you to go. I'd say many people just respond, "Um, I don't think so. I'm retired. I'm going to live out my life relaxing. 
And on the opposite side of the coin, we see young people saying things like, you know, God, I'm still a little young to be called in this ministry, or, you know what, just let me finish my education, or find a job, or get married, and then I'll be ready for your call. Listen, the path of trust does not begin or end at a certain age. Instead, we are called to be walking this path from the moment we place our trust in God. If you're a teenager and you're in student ministry and you feel that call into ministry, trust in God. If you're a retiree and you're spending your days playing golf or being with friends and God says go, then go. If you've served your whole life in ministry and you think this is the time to take a load off, but God says move, you better move. Maybe you've just had a new baby and it feels like you need to focus all your energy on your family. And God says, I've got a path for you. Then I would suggest you put on your walking shoes. You see, for Abram and his wife Sarai, trust was more than just uprooting themselves and moving to a new land. The good thing is that we see that God calls us to move together. Abram and Sarai were doing this together and it wasn't easy. While this was hard, what we know from Scripture is that they didn't have children. Listen, I'm a father. I know that the decisions I make and the paths that I walk with God, they're going to impact my boys. It's harder to make big, life-changing moves without first thinking about how this will impact their lives. See, Abram and Sarai, they didn't have this issue. They weren't able to have kids, so they moved as God asked them. Listen, the path requires me to trust. So for 20 plus years, Abram and Sarai did as God asked and moved around. But there was always this area of trust that they struggled to have with God because for them, the decision to move because it didn't impact the lives of their offspring, that wasn't something they wanted. See, Sarai and Abram, they longed for children. She wanted to be a mother. And as she had passed her childbearing years, her faith and trust in God, it waned. Sarai wanted Abram to have a son so much that she convinced Abram to conceive a child with another woman, Hagar. She, you see, she thought this was the way that his name and family could live on and bless the world. Instead, I would encourage you to read the results of this. It ended in an unfortunate way. So I got to ask, have you been in the place of waning trust? See, we often attempt to find or follow God through our own paths. Our sin and culture come together to keep us in bondage and brokenness and wandering. The stubborn part of us wants to be independent above all else. Maybe you want to be loved so badly and it seems like it will never happen and God will never send someone to you. So you begin to settle and compromise your values so that someone will be with you. Maybe you've been waiting for kids to be part of your life for so long, but you ignore God saying to you to look to the orphans of this world. Maybe you've placed your trust in other people's opinions. It could be that your trust is rooted in your bank account, in your house, your possessions, instead of building your trust in God providing for you. You see, although we know Abram as Abraham, and we look at him as the father of our faith, 
there was a period in his life where he struggled to stay on the path. The road to God's purposes will involve delays and obstacles and tests. It's easy to doubt what God will do. And his plans usually become clearer over time, but not always at first. But you know, God never gave up on Abram. So later, after he'd been traveling around for 24 years, and Abram was 99 years old, he had this conversation with God. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. In this interaction, God gives Abram a new name, a new identity. He places his identity not in what he was named by the world, but by what God calls him to be. And so trust begins when you leave behind what you know, who you were, where your identity is placed. You can trust God with your identity when it's placed in Him. And see, an identity is the basis and the first step in trust and stepping onto the path. Our identities can be found in the things that God never intended. Sometimes we place them in our jobs or our marriages or our parenting, our mistakes, our successes, our possessions, and even in the religious rules and traditions. And God says, this is not where you put your trust. Put your faith in me. The path requires me to trust. And so Abraham has now been told that God is making a covenant with him. Now covenant is a very churchy word, right? What does it mean? A covenant is like a treaty, right? It ensures faithfulness between two parties. Both parties have pledged to fulfill certain conditions. And since God moved from promise to covenant, it was like reinforcing a handshake agreement with a written contract. This was God's way of pointing to Abraham that he would fulfill what he said he would do. And here's the truth we need to remember. The path of trust will lead to promises. God made promises to Abraham. He promised that he would be father of nations. And I'm sure Abraham struggled with this because of his lack of son with Sarai. But God answers that question. He says Sarai would now be called Sarah and that he would bless her with a son. Even at 90 plus years old, Sarah would have a baby, Isaac. And this would be the beginning of Abraham's legacy for mankind. God was coming through on the promises he made. All God asked Abraham and also us to do is follow his path and he will show us true rewards. The path requires me to trust. Because of Abraham's continuing trust, God promised to give him more children than the stars in the sky. Abraham had to believe that was crazy. I mean, how was it possible? And he died probably thinking God didn't come through, but... We know the whole story. Abraham's lineage moved on and his people 
until they were become from the Israelites. Abraham was the father of this people, and throughout their history, they continued to refer back to his commitment and his trust as a guidepost for how they should live. Jesus himself would reference Abraham on many occasions as an example for future generations. Listen, we need to do the same. We need to think about who are those faithful people in our lives and the decisions they've made that can help us ground our trust and move forward with power. It could be a mentor or a friend who's lifting you up to better decisions of trust. A parent or grandparent who leads your family by example. Maybe it's a friend at school who's a clearly different approach to their life that points back to Jesus. These people can be examples and supports for us just as Abraham was to Israel. And those Israelites moved throughout history until a young virgin named Mary gave birth to Jesus, the Son of God. You see, Jesus, who was thousands of years separated from Abraham, knew what trust looked like. He knew his Father, God's path that led to full life. And he shared that with each of us. I mean, just look at this interaction between Jesus and one of his disciples. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Oh, doubting Thomas, always struggling with trusting Jesus. Listen, we're going to get lost along the way. I mean, Abraham got lost sometimes. We wonder if we're traveling down the right path to get us to the top. We lose our way on the path and we struggle with knowing if we can really trust that God is there. But look at what Jesus says to Thomas. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says, I am the way. And he proved that when he went to the cross. He trusted his father's path for him, even to the point of death. And what happened? He defeated death so that all of us could be with his father. Just like the covenant God made with Abraham, he's made that same covenant with us through the blood of Jesus Christ on that cross. That through his resurrection, the new covenant says we can be forgiven of our past and of our mistakes, and we can follow Jesus into full life. A full life that is fruitful and makes other believers. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We don't need to exhaust ourselves trying to figure out what faith looks like in our modern culture. God is constant. His path is sure. We can trust Him to lead us toward identity and deeper places of trust. Just like He did with Abraham as He made that covenant. God who raised Jesus from the dead, He gives you a new name and a new identity. The identity as a son or daughter of the Most High King. He is a God we can trust in every area of our lives to do what is best and true. Apart from Him, we can do nothing. Today, I want you to think about an area of your life where you've been reluctant to trust God. 
Where has his timeless truth seemed outdated or unreliable? How can you lean into his truth in that area? I want you to think about how you can surrender to him this area of your life. And here's the reality. God doesn't call us to trust in him as a lonely endeavor. We are a community of believers and we are called to help each other in the path of trust. Abraham had Sarah. Jesus had the disciples. You and I, we have people in our lives right here at White Oak who are willing to take the ancient path with us. This is not a solitary path. Next month we'll be kicking off our life groups where you will have an opportunity to step in and walk beside others as we lean into Jesus to learn from Jesus to be like Jesus. You see, I didn't set out on that hike five years ago by myself either. I took Pam with me and it made all the difference. God is calling each of us to lean on each other as we move towards His kingdom. Together, we move onto the ancient path that requires our trust.